I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Admission. It feels like everyone and their mom has a hot take about the Chesa Boudin recall. There are a lot of people across the country making broad assumptions about San Francisco and its future right now. And in making those arguments, many people are bringing up the Asian American community. We've talked about Asian American voters and the Boudin recall on the show before, and it's true. Many in the community have been galvanized over concerns about public safety during the pandemic to vote Boudin out of office. But Asian American activism isn't a new thing, nor is it as simple as many of these hot takes are describing. Despite the long history of Asian American resistance against structural racism, seems that people rarely know about Asian-American activism. That's Diane Fugino. She's a professor of Asian-American studies at UC Santa Barbara. Chronicle reporter Deepa Fernandez chatted with Fugino to talk about the history of Asian-American activism. The narration of Asian-American activism does different work than the narration of, say, Black activism. And that's largely because of the promotion of the model minority It's been largely assumed that Asian-American activism has been non-existent because of the myth that the community is a successful minority group focused only on education and business. But that's not true, especially here in the Bay Area, where Asian-Americans have organized around issues of equity since the 60s. In her latest story, Deepa Fernandez profiled three people in the Chinese-American community who are part of a new generation working for change in San Francisco— And the work is much more diverse than what all the Boudin chatter has been about. You can read Deepa's story at sfchronicle.com and on the Chronicle app. Today on Fifth Emission, I chat with Justin Ju. He's the co-founder and executive director of a group called Stand with Asian Americans. That's the organization that rallied AAPI business leaders in Silicon Valley to make a public pledge back in March 2021 after the Atlanta shootings that killed eight people six of whom were Asian-American women. The headline is simply one word. Taking up a page in today's Wall Street Journal, the open letter from Asian-American business leaders says they're committed to change and fighting violence and discrimination against Asians. Justin was a successful tech startup co-founder who pivoted his career in Silicon Valley to becoming an activist to stop anti-Asian racism. He joins me now to talk about his work as well as what he thinks the Boudin recall is signaling about the future of Asian-American activism as it relates to criminal justice reform. Justin, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Cecilia. So, Justin, you kicked off your new role as an activist after the Atlanta shootings, and you organized a full-page ad buyout in the Wall Street Journal that was signed by 100 Asian-American business leaders, including the co-founder of YouTube and the CEO of OpenTable. You signed that letter yourself. What was the goal of that move? At the time, I was the CEO of a company that I co-founded, and uh, we had switched all of our uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, all of our external facing messaging to recognizing this tragedy of anti-Asian violence and also calling for solidarity across marginalized groups. And I was particularly disappointed by the lack of response uh, from in particular the Asian American leaders community and you know, thought, how could, how could we get ourselves to actually speak up? And that's really where this idea of this open letter came to be, you know, just like 
public speaking could be quite daunting. And I think for many of us, Asian Americans included, we didn't realize how many Asian American leaders there were. And then to see us all come together in this tragic moment, I think really gave us a sense of hope. And so that's how we got started. You left a successful career in Silicon Valley in order to make this pivot. What skills or perspectives did you bring from that work into this transition, into an activist? Yeah, I think Silicon Valley is a story of David versus Goliath. Uh, and so when I started my company, uh, I was 22 and have never built anything and you know, just kind of had a dream that something could be built and something needed to be built. And was very fortunate that over uh, eight years built it into a multi-billion dollar company. And so personally, I've seen uh, what's possible with, you know, having a vision and then bringing together really committed people and asking for help. And so I think that that spirit of Silicon Valley in America, I think, is very special. And so now applying that to activism, now we're talking about disrupting the sort of the American uh, government system or, um, you know, the, the, the people in power or, or, or the mainstream sort of corporations and media. You know, that's a much bigger uh, task. So I think with that kind of mentality, we really could dream big and and. You know, I think when people feel the ethos of really what we're driving towards, really, you know, believing in Asian Americans, believing in that, you know, we can partner with other people of color uh, and, and allies to make this really a world where we fundamentally belong, you know, it's really getting, opening up a lot of doors for us. And so I think that ethos and and, and belief uh, is really kind of where, where we are, Sam with Asian Americans and myself is bringing to this movement. This letter that you're describing that published in the Wall Street Journal, it is really impressive, right? It's also a moment to take stock of how successful Asian Americans are, you know, in Silicon Valley and at the top of the game for so many important businesses. But also at the same time, there is this, you know, idea of the model minority myth. Is that also something that is a challenge, especially when Asian Americans have been able to ascend to the top ranks of all these companies? Yeah, I, th- I think... One one way to interpret that there are there are Asian leaders and and that's that's amazing. I think if you look at the diversity of what what it means to be Asian American, if you look at Asia as a you know uh, as a region, it represents over half the world, right? So really, one box for Asian American does, doesn't come close to expressing the the different groups that have come here. So I think in that frame, we're not doing well kind of as as a whole. And if you look at particular groups like like Hmong uh, and, and other uh, refugee populations, the income inequality in Asian in American community is is actually the biggest of any group. We focus on, you know, the successes, and that further creates this myth that you know we are all you know wealthy or we are all you know doing well. But actually, that's not the case. And 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 even for the ones who seemingly you know are doing well on a say like monetary basis. What about the kind of the, the mental health and, and just how we've been feeling inside? Because that, that's the other part that's also not really talked about. So you mentioned that the, the tragedy, the Atlanta shootings, really motivated you to become an activist. Before that incident and maybe the series of high-profile violent acts against Asian Americans, did you really think about your identity as an Asian American critically before, before the pandemic? I think before that, um, my identity was more, I was born in Shanghai and I, and I immigrated to North America when I was eight. And so my identity was more, I'm, I'm ethnically Chinese and, and now I'm an I'm American citizen. 
Uh, and I think being Asian American uh, really wasn't something that crossed my mind. And I think this historic rise in anti-Asian hate uh, really ha has brought the community together because it doesn't matter if you're, you know, from uh, Vietnam or Korea or Southeast Asia, like we are all getting attacked. Um, and so I think that's reactivated this Asian American consciousness. Uh, and, and I think uh, the first time is really activated uh, in the recent past was, was during Mason Chin, which is coming up. Uh, we're, we're about two weeks away from um, the 40 year anniversary. Uh, and, and if you look at the conditions around what spurred that, you know, it, it was around uh, scapegoating, you know, in that, in that time, Japanese uh, Americans for economic competition around auto work, right? And so um, around the conditions for this bike, it's again scapegoating, you know, uh, in particular China uh, for uh, economic conditions and then COVID. So I think there's a lot of parallels there. But I think the difference now and say 40 years ago was that there are a lot more Asian Americans now. So most of us have come post-1965. Uh, and really don't know the history of, of the discrimination and, and kind of what it means to be Asian American. Mm -hmm. The Bay Area has been the epicenter of many social movements. And even if it's not mainstream knowledge, there is a long history of Asian Americans resisting against structural racism and other kinds of oppressions. What surprised or inspired you when you sort of immerse yourself in that history that you're, you're even describing here now? When I was growing up and, and not knowing the deeper history, you know, we see America kind of as this uh, America that stands up for justice and democracy and opportunity, right? But then realizing that that background, you realize, wow, okay, that actually is not, you know, um, uh, hasn't been realized and we have to continue to fight for it. Um, the other group that been uh, fortunate to meet are, are folks around kind of the civil rights movement, and in particular folks from, from the black community, whether it's the Martin Luther King side or the Black Panther side, you know, there's a lot of that history here in, in Oakland. And how do we rise up when um, there, there is this really strong oppressive force? And what, what you see during that time already was this really strong um, collaboration between people of color, Asian Americans, black Americans, uh, Latino Americans, uh, because, you know, really for us to stop the cycle, uh, uh, we have to come together. And certainly now, if you look at the numbers of Asian Americans and Black Americans, Latino Americans, if we come together, you know, we will make up a majority of uh, California and, and many states. And so now how do we how do, how do we come together? I think that's, that's the question that we've been trying to answer and trying to figure out a solution towards. More with Justin Ju after a quick break. I'll ask him about how Asian Americans organized for the recall of Chesa Boudin and what that means for restorative justice and solidarity between communities of color. We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Justin, I have to bring up the recall of San Francisco District Attorney Chesa Boudin. Many Asian Americans have flexed their political power to make that recall successful. What do you make of all of that? I think it's it's a sign that, you know, Asian American voices need to be heard. And mm -hmm. we, you know, we are leveraging the democratic process to make sure we are heard and the tools we have. So uh, I think historically, 
um, it's been a black or white sort of left or right kind of world, and we're we're left out of these conversations, right? And even in sort of the diversity and inclusion circles, many times Asian Americans are, aren't seen as a person of color. We're seen as white adjacent and you know model minority. And if you look at the data around kind of our affinity towards either Democrat or Republican groups, you know we are not strongly tied to either group. Uh, there's certainly more folks uh, in uh, voting for Democrats, but that is not kind of the uh, a super strong connection because for for most of us, we're recently coming here in our home countries. We did not have democracy. That's that's a foreign concept to Asia. And so uh, I think fundamentally we're looking for people, whether they're Asian Americans or not, uh, leaders who are supporting us in that in that view. Uh, and so I, I think uh, this is a wake-up call to people who are involved in politics to listen to Asian Americans. Stanford Asian Americans was really founded around concerns and fears around public safety. Do you think this recall is going to help advance the mission of your group? I think this will be an opening. This will be an opportunity. Uh, I think whether um, the safety improves, whether it's in San Francisco or New York or Atlanta, some of these other places will depend on the leaders that we put into place uh, and how we work with them in driving towards solutions. Um, same with Asian Americans and with some of our partner groups. We've been fortunate to engage uh, with mayor uh, and and the the leaders uh, in San Francisco, New York, to 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 partner our solutions. So I think a big question coming up now is who's going to replace Chester Boudin, and I think uh, that person's policies and uh, and their openness to feedback, I think, is, is going to go a long way towards whether you know there's actually going to be a difference after the recall. There's also a lot of Asian Americans at the same time who have said their fears about safety have been exploited or hijacked by political motives. How do you respond to that? I stand with Asian Americans and, and the groups that we've been working with. You know, we believe in restorative justice. Uh, and from a national definition, we are progressive, progressive uh, in thinking. I think in San Francisco, being a progressive means something different compared to national level. And and we don't believe in in mass incarceration, and we're not asking for, you know, uh, all, all these attackers of, uh, you know, uh, of Asians to, to go uh, in jail for life. I think is we want solutions that work, right? Um, uh, and so I think there's a nuance. It's not an either or. It's, it's not either more police and more mass incarceration or more prosecution. It, it, I think we can, we can do better. We can have better policing. Uh, we can have better prosecution. Um, one of the bills that Sam with Asian Americans is standing behind is AB 1947, which is a bill that mandates uh, police to investigate potential hate crimes. Currently, there's no uh, standard for investigating. And so oftentimes, and we've heard this from uh, Chester Boudin, where he will say there's not enough evidence to investigate and, and charge as a potential hate crime because you know, a police hasn't investigated, right? And so then it's easy mm-hmm. to sort of lay the blame somewhere else. Uh, and so part of uh, the process now is to make sure that there is evidence that's collected for it. And, and if you look at hate crimes in general, whether it's against you know, re- religious groups and, and other people of color, for 80 plus percent of district, you're seeing zero hate crimes being reported. Uh, you're seeing, uh, I think, Miami, the, the nine out of the last 10 years, zero hate crimes. Anaheim, mm-hmm. zero hate crimes, right? It just can't be. And so uh, the current laws and the current systems that actually go about investigating reporting it is inadequate. And so we have to start changing that. Mm-hmm. Do you get frustrated by the portrayal of Asian Americans in media sometime that just paints us all as, you know, 
pro recall or whatever it may be, it does seem to be this sudden attention on Stop API Hate and some of the objectives of your group could could really just homogenize what our community is. Yeah, I think I think there's a perspective where, you know, for us, for Asian Americans to advocate for our safety and for accountability of crimes, and in some ways that's in conflict with, say, uh, um, progressive reforms or, or restorative justice, right? And, and it kind of pits us actually against, in particular, the Black community. That mentality of zero-sum games is precisely what we have to get out of because we can have safety for Asians, we can have uh, uh, justice for uh, uh, for Black Americans, Latino Americans, and and uh, uh, equity for, for all these groups. And I think you know what's what's clear is that it's really up to the community. Uh, 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 people who are marginalized actually start pushing for these solutions because the people who are uh, in power, who are who've been benefiting, they're they're not they're going to say, hey, this is not possible, or it's either or, it's either you know Asians are safe, or or you know another group gets hurt. We, it really it's it, it's not a zero sum game, and, and so a, lar- a large part of what some of the Asian Americans and, and our partner groups have been working towards is is engaging with other groups of color and then coming together. And how do we create a vision that you know? Where, where it's actually expansive, where we are living in a better world for all of us. Mm-hmm. You've made this big life transition in the past year or so uh, doing this kind of work. What do you say is your biggest, what has been your biggest challenge? I think the challenge, especially in later last year, was people were burnt out uh, in our community. And um, the kind of the coverage of stop. Asian hate and our issues uh, really, really stopped. And so people were telling us, uh, you know, we're glad that Stop Asian hate has passed, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and that we're over that, right? But then if very quickly, uh, early this year, you saw some really tragic killings sort of like Michelle Goh and Christina Lee, uh, and it's still here. Uh, and so the challenge has been, how do we sustain this? There were amazing uh, uh, activists who went across the country donating their time and resources to put on these rallies, to talk to the families, support them. And even for Stand With Asian Americans, it's been all volunteer. I'm, I'm a volunteer. We have amazing dedicated volunteer, but we need to pay people. We need to make this work uh, economically because we would not be able to pay the bills for our families. But that should not be an either or. It's either we support the current system or support Asian Americans. Uh, it, it can be both. So, you know, Undoubtedly, you as an activist, you're going to inspire maybe other people to get involved, maybe start their own brand of activism. What's your advice to other Asian Americans that may want to start their own initiatives? I get a lot of these questions of how can I personally help? You know, I'm not a a startup executive or I I haven't been doing this in a long time. For for some of our events and, and, and rallies, for instance, uh, many of them were first-time organizers, uh, and what what it took was just um, one the 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 will to do something, and also joining the community. Uh, and so, Stand with Asian Americans, we're very open to uh, having uh, folks join and contribute in any way um, for for this movement to really succeed. You know, we need all of us really active, uh, and the research shows that. Um, uh, uh, a nonviolent movement, uh, they're, they're more successful than violent movements. And for nonviolent movements to succeed, you need about 3% of the population actively engaged in the movement. And so for America, that's about 10 million people. So what that, what that might mean is just when, whenever there's a story about 
an attack. We started posting about it. Other people started posting about it. We need to get a word out. We need to do what we can to, to amplify the stories. And you're likely an employee of you know, a company that has resources, uh, that has ability to, actu- to actually make change. And so just, just getting your coworkers together, your friends together, and figuring out what we can do in, my, in our local area or in my company, yeah, it all adds up. And so with Asian Americans, we're setting an example to say, hey, this is possible. But really, you know, it's really the rest of the community that, that, that needs to uh, help us because it, it's, it's very hard to, to do this work. Uh, and we, we really welcome your help. Justin, thank you so much for your work and thank you for talking to me about it. I appreciate the time. Thank you so much, Cecilia. Justin Zhu is the co-founder and executive director of Stand with Asian Americans. He was profiled in a story by Chronicle immigration reporter Deepa Fernandez. Her story is up now at sfchronicle.com and the Chronicle app. Thank you to King Kaufman for the edits and to you for listening. <laughs>